When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host. If this is your first Geekscape, I like to sit down with storytellers and talk about pop culture, movies, video games, comic books. I like to find out why they tell stories, what stories they tell. This episode is a little bit different. Um, This is a recording from a panel at EmpireCon, which is about a week and a half ago, with my good friend Devin Pike. He invited me to be a part of this panel, and that's where I met the other person on this panel, Craig Price. The subject of the panel, as you guys are about to find out, is post-Rise of Skywalker. What what are the Star Wars films going to look like post-Rise of Skywalker? Uh, we talk about that. We talk about some of the things that aren't the films, like the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming to Disney+. Plus. We share our love of The Mandalorian, and it's a real Star Wars-heavy conversation. EmpireCon was a success. Uh, that was pretty cool. Is the first year. I don't really know what to expect from these smaller cons. This one was in the LEX Marriott. It was similar to uh, where they have like the Doctor Who con, uh, and I think there's a He-Man convention that goes on <laughs> in that same uh, convention space. I don't go to those. I, I would, I guess. Uh, Gallifrey One is a super successful one uh, for Doctor Who fans, but this is my first time really going to a convention in a long time that wasn't San Diego Comic-Con or WonderCon. And, for, and I just have to realize that for the majority of people, these are the cons that they go to. Not everybody gets to go to like the mecca of comic conventions like New York Comic-Con, etc. Uh, a lot of people... If they, especially if they live in rural areas, get to go to the smaller conventions. And these conventions are a lot of fun. Uh, you actually get to meet people. You actually get to go up and, and hang out. Uh, and it reminded me a lot of ZombieCon, the convention that we used to promote back in Seattle. We did two years of ZombieCon, and it was just a small Seattle zombie convention. And we had some huge guests there. And EmpireCon was no different. They had Billy D. Williams, who you guys know played, uh, plays Lando and is in the upcoming uh, Rise of Skywalker. So... I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker yet. This panel is all about what we think is going to happen to Star Wars post-Rise of Skywalker. And if you guys are enjoying what you hear, subscribe to the feed. 
because Ian Kerner and I are going to go see Rise of Skywalker and then give it uh, give you guys a whole big recap of the movie later on this week. So the actual Rise of Skywalker thoughts are coming. These are our thoughts from Empire Con and my good friend Devin Pike and Craig Price about what we think is going to happen after Rise of Skywalker and what we hope will happen after Rise of Skywalker. If you guys want to be part of that conversation, hop on Facebook, join the Geekscape groups there, or find us on Twitter and Instagram and be part of that conversation. Um, I like talking Star Wars, and <laughs> I think you can tell I really miss it when you hear me on this panel because I start going crazy with all the Star Wars references. Two things that I definitely didn't catch was from Shadows of the Empire, I say Dash Rangar, it's Dash Rendar. And I knew I was wrong about this one, but I couldn't quite say the right term. But in Solo, the crime syndicate is, I think, Crimson Dawn. That is not the same crime syndicate that I am referencing in this panel when I talk about Shadows of the Empire and uh, Jishur being in charge of uh, Red Sun. Red, uh, no, is it Red It's Red Sun. I think it's Red Sun. No, Red Sun is the uh, uh, Black Sun. Red Sun is the book by Michael Crichton. <laughs> Michael Crichton is the book. Um, I kind of sound like Derek right now on the on the uh, Xbox Game Passers podcast when he can't name the uh, uh, where he doesn't know where, uh, he can't name Shalob the Spider from Lord of the Rings. It was one of the lower points of my Geekscape uh, uh, career is, is is giving birth to a podcast through Derek where the podcast hosts don't can't just name drop Lord of the Rings characters like are we even Geekscape if you can't name drop Lord of the Rings characters come on Derek that was that was a really sad time in my life listening to that I was screaming at my stereo I was like it's Shalom she's the spider like how can you not know that um all geeks should know that uh that being said this is a pretty deep cut Black Sun from Shadows of the Empire which isn't even canon anymore and I was up on stage in the panel. I was trying to reference Black Sun. It wasn't coming to me. That is what I referenced. So I do not want the geek cred subtracted. You can subtract it from me saying Red Sun, which is the Michael Crichton book that has Wesley Snipes and um, Sean Connery in the movie adaptation. But, you know, whatevs. You guys should read that book. It's a good book. All right. Let's get to the panel. Big, 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 big thank you to Devin Pike for inviting me. And uh, I had a lot of fun. And in... As we lead up to Rise of Skywalker, I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun listening to it. Enjoy. So what we're going to talk about here, it's going to be after the Rise of Skywalker, and I can assume quite boldly that nobody here on the panel has actually seen Rise of Skywalker yet. (laughs) I was uh, somewhere on Friday night where somebody had been told by somebody on the crew or who had seen it what the ending was, (laughs) And, and, and I almost just like left. Yeah. I was like, okay, great party, bye. It was within the first five minutes of walking in. Yeah, so they did not say a word, though. That yeah, was good. That is just awful. <laughs> well, they, they know it, and I'm well, like, you're going to live with that? Why for... would anybody even boast that? Yeah. <sighs> just because you know it doesn't mean you've got to go tell everybody. No. I mean, it's bad enough that John Boyega can't leave anything in his hotel room anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had Tate Fletcher yesterday and uh, Sala Harris. They knew about Baby Yoda. They weren't going to parties blabbing about it. Right, and, and I thought that Baby Yoda was something that, at least as a, as a fan who was waiting until a Thanksgiving break to have enough time oh, yeah. to watch Mandalorian when Baby Yoda started proliferating the internet like 
crazy. I said, hey, what happened to this whole anti-spoiler culture? Because Baby Yoda's everywhere suddenly. Yeah. I guess and I'm that, just the problem with that because I because I, I knew that they were holding back review copies mm -hmm. for all press until afterwards because they wanted that to be a massive reveal. And I watched it go, that's the reveal? But I guess I'm definitely in the minority on that because I had people yelling at me because I was alluding to the presence of Baby Yoda, not even not even the photos and countless memes. How, how many of you have posted a Baby Yoda meme on your social feeds somewhere? Yeah. Who, who uh -huh. makes Baby Yoda memes? <laughs> yeah. we, I finally gave, on the, gave in on the Baby Yoda meme that showed uh, Baby Yoda and Gizmo and said, when you have one mom but two different dads. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, my favorite one is they've got, uh, not, it's the, from Gremlins 2, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it's the female, she's all yeah. tarted up, as they say in England. And then they have Yoda, uh, or Gizmo, and then they have the baby. And it's like, okay, that makes perfect sense. That's, that is just creepy as all get out. But <laughs> to stay on topic, because this is why. Uh, we, well, that's the thing. Everything is going to have baby Yoda in it now. Yes. Like all, all, every movie from here forward, they'll, they'll do it in the, the solo prequels. They'll do it in the, they'll actually insert Baby Yoda into the prequel trilogy okay. because they'll never stop changing those. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the no. way. That's an absolute, I, I'm wow, actually, I'm, rough crowd. Get some more booze well, for crowd. I'm actually going along with it. I'm going, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, everything needs more Baby Yoda. Well, well, my favorite part is when he just kind of, this is a spoiler, he just kind of leans back and flips that switch. Because yeah. I've seen people do that in real life. Well, Devin, I don't know if that's too off base because at the end of Jedi, when they redid it, you, they removed the original Vader actor and put Prowse and Sebastian them, and, Shaw for Hayden Sebastian Hayden Shaw, Christensen. Yeah. And they put but, in Hayden Christensen. So now they're just going to remove the Yoda puppet for Baby Yoda. Kill no, me. Not the just, same character. Not the same character. No, what, what not bothers the same me character. is uh, not, I call him Kevin. <laughs> what bothers me is otherwise. they removed Yubnub from that. I mean, why would you? Yeah. I, that one's a better song than what they've got. I mean, that, I hurts. Like the, that hurts very bad. Yeah, that kind of ethereal like song I, doesn't really I work. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to show that the whole universe is celebrating, but no, the Ewoks. Yubnub life, Yub y'all. Yeah, I mean, nobody celebrates like the Ewoks. That's why they should have kept it. Nobody <laughs> parties down like a bunch of Ewoks who are like, hey, we just they cut off a bunch. They were going to eat Han Solo. That's a party, my friend. They they're cannibals. A, they're like, we're going to cut off a bunch of stormtrooper heads and use them as drums. Like, what's a more like party than that? Those, they're hardcore. <laughs> that is the baller. Ewoks are not cute. That is they're baller. psycho. The Ewoks okay? version of Burning Man is the ticket for the galaxy. I'm it, telling you. This. And I don't want to like spoil too much Mandalorian, but they solved a problem. The Mandalorian had a lot of problems with in Episode Four, and they did it with a bunch of logs. So like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> the Ewoks know how to party. They're like, we'll just throw a bunch of logs on the ground and it'll fall over or smash them from the sides. Mandalorian's like, hmm, this is going to be tough. <laughs> really? We're going to dig a tiger pit. <laughs> well, they didn't, they didn't Start have Ewoks. Start digging kids. Yeah, they didn't have <laughs> any the Ewoks logs available. on the ground. Okay, that's not why these guys are What are they going to do, throw shrimp at him? That's the thing they're going to do. So, can I get some blue shrimp? Yeah. Can we get that at Batuu now? Uh, don't eat the blue shrimp. It'll not go well. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. You don't even have to be allergic to shellfish for that. But what we're here to talk about is, uh, like I said, no one has seen Rise of the, uh, of the Skywalker, but there's going to be stuff coming down the pike. And there's some things that have been confirmed, and they're definitely coming down the pike that we're going to want to talk about. And then there are other things where there are some speculations. So, I have uh, Jonathan London mm -hmm. from Geekscape. 
from Geekscape. Uh, I am from Matinee Heroes, so we do, I'm a massive film buff, and Devin is a film fanatic from long ago. And actually, uh, I'm sure you don't want me to tell him, but he's been programming the entire conference. Uh, so if you so like So if you didn't you see, like the panels, it's my fault. But yeah. if, if you, you love like the, the panels, it was the panelists. You know, they get all the credit. <laughs> Just started throwing blue so, shrimp at you. So if you enjoyed your weekend, Devin is probably a major part of that. In lieu um, of tomatoes, blue, blue shrimp. Yeah, you can give him a round of applause. Devin yes. is Nutty there. green milk. Oh, much, stop Devin. it. Knock it off. So, it's all so, for the foundation. So, Devin, you spent the, uh, a good uh, you know, five minutes putting a PowerPoint presentation together. Uh, <laughs> there so, is one thing that I wanted to, to throw up there, and the, the, there are a lot of people who are saying you know, there's no plan for what's going forward, and they're all throwing things at the wall. So um, Kathleen Kennedy had an interview in Rolling Stone last month, and I thought it was appropriate to put it in there. And they asked her, um, what are your thoughts on the ways that the future films connect to the original story. And basically, they haven't decided what's next, but they have many options because they have to be very careful as to how to get the, uh, the legacy forward. Because all these questions are being asked, um, do they do it in this galaxy? Do they do it in a, a specific timeline? And it's an incredible challenge. It's something that they're in the middle of, and I can't even begin to tell you where this may end up because I think you're absolutely right. I think that whatever the next movie is, and how it begins to define a new Slow way forward. Slow it down, Devin. I don't know what you're saying. Okay. Well, <laughs> here, that, let that me Texas draw. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I'm from back east and I don't talk that fast. We only cool? have a finite number of minutes, and plus I have film festival we'll stuff to do. Um, I, think that, I think that whatever the next movie is and how it begins to define a new way forward, it's something we want to take plenty of time and plenty of conversation and be careful thought before exciting exactly what we're going to do. So understand something. Kathleen Kennedy knows what she's doing. She yes, did she not does. get hired for this job because she had an, an, a, you know, a relationship with Steven Spielberg and Amblin back in the 80s and 90s. She's, she's a very shrewd businesswoman and she knows when to cut bait. Case in point, the Benioff and Weiss trilogy. Mm -hmm. It did not make sense for them to move forward with it because of the whole deal they had with um, Netflix and that was going to absorb too much of their time and the, the agreement they originally signed prior to that with Lucasfilm was that this was going to be priority one. Yeah, it was, it was, the thing about Lucasfilm is if you're going to do a Star Wars movie, that has to be your main thing. You can't be doing a lot of this other side stuff. If You can do side stuff, but your main thing has to be Star Wars because we're not going to half-assed it. Well, they want to do it right. Uh, they don't want to do a lot, another holiday special. They don't want to do... They do want to do another <laughs> holiday do uh, special. But sad, sadly... They, um, give it to me! Sadly, they, they, that they learned that on Solo, where the directors were laid off because, or replaced because they had uh, some competing attention. Uh, you know, with the Lego movie. It, with the Lego... Well, the Lego movie and some Spider-Verse and just a lot of the things that were going off, uh, on over at Sony... And the rumor is that uh, finally they said, you know what, these guys aren't, like, it's time to act, like, VFX is done, it's time to really start working with the actors and getting these things, this practical shot, and we need a director for this, and they finally said, hey, these guys, they're not able to Skype this in, they gotta so, show up. So you're putting more credence to that than with the tone of the script that... Yeah, I heard, yeah, that, that, that was I heard it was too of, funny. And they were like, this is too goofy. We need to tone it back and make it uh, And that never really jived with me. It didn't jive with me either. And, and, and what I, this, take this for what you will. The, what I've heard from people on the lot was that finally um, uh, Kasdan was like, hey, we need a director here. And these guys are 
doing some great stuff over at Sony, but we really need them here, and uh, we need to make a move because their attention's too split. And to to Ron Howard's credit, Ron Howard made a damn good Star Wars movie. I, I liked Solo. I, yeah. I really enjoyed Solo. But because I'm not a Jedi Force guy, I'm a <laughs> I mean, smuggler. Not as big of a fan of That's it. why I love I, Mandalorian so much. My, yeah. qual- my qualms with Solo don't have anything to do with Ron Howard. He's, uh, um, It's just... It's one of these movies where, as I was telling you earlier, Devin, before the panel, any time that they tread back into some of the familiar characters we've already seen in Star Wars, this galaxy where anything can happen, uh, and I have the same problem when they go to Tatooine or any of these familiar planets that we've seen and spent a lot of time on that are supposed to be at the far end of the universe, but you keep ending up there as if this weekend we all somehow just woke up in Corona every two minutes. Like, why do we keep ending up in, like, East Los Angeles County? Like, this is supposed to be in the middle of nowhere. Um, why is there a scar on my stomach? It just why makes, am I in an ice? <laughs> it just makes the galaxy seem smaller. Why you know is that I mean? goat over there? Ah. Yeah, so, so leading into probably talking about uh, post- uh, Rise of Jedi or, or um, Rise of Skywalker is the more we we retread the familiar as Solo did, the less this I mean the more this galaxy contracts and, and stops being anything can happen. I mean, did that Kessel Run compare to what you had as a kid no. in your head? No, no, like, was, that's the danger that we play when yeah, we actually literal, when we literalize these things. That's the danger we have. My biggest problem with Solo is that is exactly that. It's hey, here's his dice. Hey, here's his outfit. Hey, mm-hmm. here's his blaster. Hey, here's Chewie. Hey, here's the Falcon. Here's how he got his name. Here's yeah. how he did this. Here how it, it was a checklist that you could have spread out piecemeal. Versus, let's do everything everybody ever right. wants to see in one movie. That was my only problem with it. If you took all that stuff out, because I can get a lot of that was throwaway. It didn't have to be in there. Yeah, the, the story was okay. It was pretty good. Um, Chewbacca was amazing in it. It was the best Chewbacca. I mean, I know we're here it. with Peter Mayhew who did a great job, but I think even he would admit that Junus did a great job, and uh, it was the most active. Wookiee we've seen. Great Wookiee, but, uh, but the, the universe contracts quite a bit with a movie like that. And yes. when you play into obligation, the, that's what scares me. When I first did see Baby Yoda, I was pretty cynical because I was like, oh, it's obligatory. It's not a new character. It's a kind of rehashed version of an older character. Ew. But then when you see Baby Yoda, you understand that they're going to do, going, that they're kind of doing a, a, like the lone wolf and cub type storyline that... It adds a facet to the Mandalorian and gives you an in because as much as we love Boba Fett, he's an incredible design, but your access to him as a character is limited. Mm -hmm. And so now you give him something that is a vulnerability on a pretty big scale, which is this little creature. Yeah, and it's it's really fighting against his own beliefs and his own society because he's 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 broken so many rules as he's gone through each... Each episode. Well, the episode's called the sin. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. each episode after that, he's still doing something that is he's not supposed to be doing, yeah. and he's kind of rationalizing that. So, what we want to do is uh, Disney Plus is going to be a huge part of the discussion because I think <laughs> Disney Plus is a great uh, avenue now, like Netflix, that if you have a movie, and that movie may be four hours long, like The Irishman. Uh, it's not yeah. four hours long, but it felt like it. Um, <laughs> you can break it up, and you ha- now you don't have to contract if you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think people need editors, and they still need to tighten stories up. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh. But uh, just because you have access to ten episodes doesn't mean you have to fill ten episodes. So sure. maybe it's seven episodes, maybe it's eight. But the story needs, and they have a lot more play, and Disney Plus will allow that. So I'm looking forward to it. So here's some confirmed things, and we'll go step by step. We'd all know that we got Obi-Wan Kenobi coming. 
I'm so excited about this after seeing episode three of The Mandalorian because Deborah Cho is going to slay this series. She directed that episode, and it was probably the, the best 30 minutes of Star Wars I've seen. And I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, loved, awesome. I loved Last Jedi. I really dug Solo. But that episode of, of Mando was just so stellar. Mm -hmm. And so we know that Ewan McGregor's coming back. In fact, they were going to make it a movie. It, was, it had been in the works for a couple of years that they were going to have a movie. I think they were waiting to see how all these other things were going to happen. You know, the other Star Wars stories, yeah. Yeah, and with, with Solo, that kind of... I think it was just... It wasn't the, if they had waited another 18 months to release Solo, it would have been a different story. I think it, it was right. six months right after Last Jedi. Um, there was a little bit of feed pushback on Last Jedi, so they didn't give the, the audience time to... Kind of cleanse the palate or get ready. It's like here's another one. Here's I love another. how a 450 million dollar movie can be considered a flop. That, I don't think it's a it's flop. Like, I just think it's it's just it was too much. It's too soon. Yeah, and when Marvel sets a standard across the lot and they are setting a standard for their box office grosses, wow, you kind of become your own ca uh, competition at the box office. You're really only I mean as many theaters as there are in this country in the world. There is still a finite number of theaters, and there's a finite number of hours people can go, and they have their finite dollars. So you're competing against people across the lot at this point. Yeah. So I especially mean, now that you own five lots back to back. Yeah. <laughs> so with with Disney Plus, they now can take that two hour movie, and maybe, like I said, maybe it is supposed to be a four hour story, mm -hmm. and they have that flexibility, which is I really appreciate, and I I, I think even even Scorsese, I was watching the, something this morning about it was the conversation with the Irishman of twenty something minutes. Um, even he admits, he's like, let's just do the story we want mm -hmm. and then find a venue for it, which is Netflix, because Netflix is built for people to watch three or four hours of something straight yeah. binging. And so I think Obi-Wan, um, especially with Ewan McGregor, as much as he's loved and as excited as he is to do it, I think we're, I'm looking forward to it because I think something of quality is going to happen. And we know that it's his years on Tatooine in exile. So, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm so down for it. I'll return to Tatooine for that. Yeah. Yes. But you cannot get me to go to Corona again, Devin. Last time it was a mistake. And I, 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 does anybody know how to remove a tramp stamp? Because <laughs> Devin is persuasive, let's put it that way. We'll get this tramp stamp. <laughs> I it just, will be a butterfly. I thought it was your portrait. It looks like your face. No, that's yeah. the other one. I oh. can't tell without like I'm hey, like oh. to, I'm like trying to find a mirror. All right. <laughs> yeah, no. Dude, it's it's pretty it's pretty detailed. Mm, Devin Pike. <laughs> so then we have what we call I call the Cassian Andor series. This is the Rogue One prequels. Mm. Um, the Not main as reason, on board with this. The only thing I want to see is I'm always in, when, if you have Alan Tudyk in anything, sure. K2SO is one of my favorites. Um, I love him, uh, mostly because I was told to say that. Um, but uh, they, they're going to do that for Disney+. I think they're getting ready to start that sometime next fall. I mean, they're, they're scripting it right now. Yeah, it's still in pre-prod. Uh, I don't think they've actually set a production date for it okay. yet. I think that there's um, a bit of back and forth on the tone of the series, too. I think they're, I, I, they want to make, get this one as right as they got with The Mandalorian. And, because um, kudos to Favreau and Filoni for just getting it right straight out of the box. And now that pressure's on with Cassie Nandor, can you bring a prequel series like that with that kind of, of punch? And yeah, Diego Luna's gonna be phenomenal, and we do have Alan Tudyk back as K2. So I, at this point, they just, they just got to get the script, right? And like with everything, plot does matter, as 
George famously told us in that poster for that was poking at Godzilla, and then we got the Phantom Menace. So there well, you go. The the story does um, it, it, those characters do hold up, and uh, I went to do the VR at the Void where you are in that era pre um, pre Rogue One, and you do see Diego Luna like pop up on a screen and give you your mission. If everybody, if anybody's, it's probably my favorite Star Wars anything is the 15 minutes I spent in the VR at the Void. Worth the money down there. If you go to the one in Pasadena or the one in Disneyland, it's and, phenomenal. And, and there, there's an installation in, uh, full-time in Dallas as well that has it. it so It's yeah. incredible, and you're in that pre-Rogue One world, and you're dealing with both those characters, and it's fun. And mm-hmm. there's stories to be told. It all comes down to the tapestry. Who, who are the other characters going on? Do you launch characters out of it? Are they dealing with Crimson Dawn? Are they dealing with other uh, like factors that are going on in the Star Wars universe of that world? I'd like to see it. Um, we're not going to get Dash Rengar, which I guess just isn't going to happen for those of you Was who Was that want. your favorite, favorite action figure? <laughs> well... I do, as a kid, like the fill-in-the-blank stuff, and mm-hmm. Shadows of the Empire was a big mm-hmm. one for me, and yep. they and couldn't I, have used Han Solo because he was stuck in Carbonite during that year between Empire and, and Jedi, so you had to play as Dash Rengar, who was Solo-like. <laughs> Solo-like. <laughs> but, but what's funny is, uh, you know, you did introduce the elite, a crime, in Zsor, you introduced the, the, a crime leader mm-hmm. that is running the underground in the shadows of the Empire. And, and it's canon now it's because totally it was canon. name-checked in Solo. Totally yeah. canon. Well, they had a di- it was, I think Zsor's uh, crime empire was different. The Crimson Dawn was named. That was the, that was Zsor's. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's what was actually named. Yeah, that was what, actually, yes, that when... They when, didn't say the sea tours or other, right, or whatever words you're saying. That was um. it. it but, but also, like, there's Thrawn. You yeah. have the ascension of Thrawn. There's a lot of great stories in there. So we'll just see where they place those characters because it, it all comes down to that, like... I was I was cynical about having a Mandalorian series. We were talking also when we were um, getting caught up upstairs. We were also talking about well, we know that Star Wars can do a heist movie, and we know that Star Wars can do a spy movie. And if this winds up, if Cassian winds up being like the gritty James Bond kind of hero yeah. for Star Wars, if, yeah. if they take that tone with, because they're they're setting up that character for it, and you don't really get a lot of other than the fact that he's killed a lot of people, and you know we don't really <laughs> doesn't, right. he doesn't have a lot of compunction about it. If we wind up seeing that, sure. a James Bond in Star Wars, I think I just got excited about the series just now thinking about it more yeah. than I was five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think, would you would you guys be willing to see James Bond with Star Wars? And and that's the thing is you keep talking about the the compression of the universe. How it's a danger. Want, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely it's horrible. Uh, we needed to <laughs> it's we needed to go the other direction. Yeah. Um, I understand the the Marvel world is they do make it smaller, but the way they do it is well thought out, uh, is planned appropriately. There's there, so much, it's such a big universe, and it's such an alien universe, because we're dealing with, in Marvel, we deal with Earth. But we want to deal with all of Star Wars. I don't want to ever see us another Skywalker again. I'm sorry. I love them. I can go back to those movies. I can go back to those movies and watch right. them. Yeah. And, I want to see all this new stuff. And, I do want to see what Ming-Na Wen's character is going to be. She's in, <laughs> you know she's in it. I'm not telling yeah. you what her character does or I, I, anything. I she's, saw it, so I know. I mean, whether you yeah. saw it or not, we know yeah. she's been announced. Yes. So, and I love Ming-Na Wen. Thanks to you. I'm, I'm, I'm stalker. But, um, <laughs> she's awesome. She's amazing, and she's an amazing person, too. You've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I've been watching Agents I've been watching everything, man. Okay. She's a wonderful person, but he watches like, Mulan on a loop, man. Yeah, just in my house. 
But my point is, is that I want to see new characters yes. that have nothing to do with anybody else. That's why when they had the Mandalorian, I'm like, that's great, because he's not Boba Fett. It's an IG unit, but it's not the IG unit. They're Bosks, but they're not Bosks. You know, Maybe it, he's a vampire. It, it, Maybe he's I'm a into vampire. it. Uh, the one thing that I think you, when you talk about Marvel that they did well is there's one movie that I think pivoted the Marvel, franch, uh, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a huge way, and it was the riskiest movie at the time, and that was Guardians. And so for me, when... Uh, there was a replacement on Solo, and it could have been that fun, funny movie that was irreverent and kind of freewheeling that we saw from the creators of Lego Movie, etc. Uh, I was sad. I was sad that they got replaced, and I understand why they got replaced. Um, but suddenly, the tone goes back to the traditional Star Wars, yeah. and I think that what well, first thing you have to do post Skywalker is start a couple, start a slate that has a lot of diversity in it, and that might mean. More Deb Cho's, more uh, females, more people of color, because the only way to get diverse stories is to bring them from diverse sources. Mm -hmm. And I love The Mandalorian, and I love John, John Favreau and Dave and Filoni, and I like the idea of um, having uh, Feige involved in this because they're all great architects and really good writers. But let's start f like flavoring the pot with a lot of different uh, flavors, and I think that with, uh, and spices, and I think that with the episode. Three of Mandalorian was just an example of how great of a storyteller in a silent storyteller that there was no, probably not a better moment in the Mandalorian than when he has to come back to his ship well, and realize things might have Spoiler. been mistaken. So, and it was a a month. <laughs> completely silent moments. And those are the, uh, to me, are the best parts of this series is just how much stories being told without dialogue. Well, I, I, I think I speak for three gray-haired white dudes, we do need more diversity. I don't want to see another gray-haired white dude in the writer's room yeah. for no. a while. Yeah. Well, I'm I just don't. Wait, you mean us? Yes. I'm Hispanic. You're, I'm Hispanic. <laughs> kind of a white dude. Sorry. I talk like a white guy. You, yeah, and, I move like a white guy. I'll bring you some mayonnaise here in a little bit. That's why you have Hispanic. a luxurious hair. But I, I do. Mean. I do. My, my producers, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were in a meeting about a script I wrote about Hispanic lead, sending it to Hispanic actors, and they go, what if we change your name to your mother's maiden name of Sanchez? And I was like, what if I leave right now? See, it was the name Jonathan London. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what Absolutely. And you know what? The white dudes, they may be a problem now, but we will breed them out. I am half white, you know? Well, There's a, well I stepped in that. Let's move on. Yes, um, good call. To something I know, it is definitely happening. There is no pre-production. There is no post-production. It's in this, the can, it's baby. It's done. It's going to start coming out, I believe, March or May. It's an it's a M month. March. Yeah, M, uh, M month Shyamalan yes. is going to be the sixth <laughs> Clone Wars. Um, how many people here enjoy the Clone Wars? Uh, if you don't, I'm going to tell James Arnold that uh, you don't. He's right up there. Um, fantastic that they have another uh, uh, another series mm -hmm. coming out. Um, it has been a while since the last one. When they rolled out the trailer for this at Celebration in, in, a, in a Clone Wars anniversary panel, there were people bawling in the aisles because there was so much love for a series. Were you one of them? I, I, I saw you put your hand up. I, it's like, this is not an auction, sir. We're not bidding on anything. Um, <laughs> There's so much affection for that series, and the way that it was left just really was just so abrupt and not satisfying at all. And from the footage we've seen so far, they're gonna they're gonna do a lot to answer the questions that we had as fans um, through season through the end of season five. Mm -hmm. 
and probably some more connective tissue with rebels, although I doubt we're going to get the um, resolution with that that, you know, I'm, I, I want them to go back and figure out what happened with the space whales in hyperspace. I really want to know how that ends up. Hey, man, if you want the ultimate space whale, just watch Farscape. Dude, telling I'm you. telling you, Moya is the, I mean, that's my favorite Moya sci-fi pilot. TV show is Farscape. Uh, insofar that I named my podcast Geekscape after Farscape. <laughs> and that's just, I mean, again, a series that educates things like here, like Guardians of the Galaxy. And just, we have a different, we have all these different planets, different races, different uh, stories. Let's have some different tones. It's really like, I think that you, that's where you have to aim your focus when you first walk into what's going to be post Skywalker. Do you think there's ever going to be a time where they go back to Star Wars detours? Uh, they, <laughs> you're right, because that, that was on the list and I, I didn't put it on there because I... I as, as a death knell. Yeah, because they did a couple test episodes. Yeah, there's stuff out there. I just Star Wars detours is a CG animated series done by the folks that do Robot Chicken. Yeah, with all Star Wars characters, except they're all chibi versions of, like, Vader is, it, it's, it's very close to the Lego. Yeah, but I think Lego once bits. Disney bought it. Oh, they, they nixed it immediately. Yeah, that's why yeah. I don't think it's coming <laughs> they, back. They so. said, no. We can't have no. this. No. Cyric and, and uh, Seth, no, sorry, boys. <laughs> Love ya, no. So they're there's sitting in the can somewhere and I, in I, Disney's I, vault. Yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. They're going to run out of content someday, and they're just going to throw up a couple of those episodes as a as an extra. You give me a DVD with that and the HD Masters of the Holiday special from '78, and I'll be a happy camper. I think fans have a capacity though for those kind of uh, kind of fun, goofy, maybe canon, maybe non-canon things. Uh, I mean, I hate to refer to Marvel; it's one of my favorite things in the world, um, in the worlds. I guess at that point, but uh, having a what if series, I think, was a really smart move. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Disney Plus and the sure. offerings there, but creating a what if series where you can say, "What if Peggy Carter had got had had become Captain America?" Where you can say the what if stories of the universe. I think that a comedy series and set in the Star Wars universe uh, is would be as welcome as a romantic uh, love story, or you know, well, we got the prequels, but a real romantic love story. Uh, you mean uh, with, with real human interaction? Real and human interaction, not like. Like, oh, you just slaughtered a village of sand people. Make love to me. What? How was that not written by a dude? Well, that I saw weird. that movie. That was Natural like, Born Killers. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I mean, Natural Born Killers has a lot to do with, like, a lot more in common with that storyline mm-hmm. than anything I would think is, I don't know, Wait, human. So what do you want is something like the Orville for Star Wars? I think yes. I think you'd have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I think so, too. But that's, uh, I think they've done, uh, he, Scott McFarlane, has, uh, Seth McFarlane has made such a, more Star, uh, Star Trek show right. than a Star Trek company sure. would, and yet there's, it's funny and it's, uh, it's accessible, but it's not super goofy. And I think that's where, it's like sarcasm. People who don't know how to do it often come across mean because they, they think being mean <laughs> is the best way of being sarcastic. I think sometimes people who don't know how to do comedy go too far and make it silly and goofy, and, and then all of a sudden it's no good anymore. Fans yeah, just I, don't want to be insulted. We, like Fans just don't want to be insulted, yeah. so you can, well, you, can, you can push it as far as you want. Fans get insulted fairly easily nowadays. I know. Well, we need to Because And speaking that. of that... Wait, no, hang on. No, oh, you, I already kicked the button. Oh, okay. no, sorry, Devin. No, it's just fine. I, I just, we have the perfect uh, vehicle for Star Wars comedy existing already. All they have to do is have the courage to go out and do it. Tag and bank. We need yeah. a tag and bank 
many on Disney Plus. And Kevin Rubio deserves to be working at that level. Absolutely. He's an awesome writer when Star Wars I was... tried to get Kevin here and he didn't answer my Facebook message. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. shit. Hey. I'm sorry, kids. I don't I, I mean, oh, 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 shoot. Uh, <laughs> Kevin's an awesome dude. He, uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. We'll, we'll okay. do it next year. We can, we can do programming later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for next year. But guys, if you haven't read Tag and Bink, which is... Uh, like a, a, a Gildestern type, like these two guys are in every major moment of the Star Wars universe and they're messing it up and also creating some of it. Uh, go find those comics. They should so be good. They should be digitally they are. They, somewhere. Yeah, they, they did a, a, bound, a, da- a bound digital volume of it on, I know comics, uh, Comicology has it. Uh, that's where I got it. It's just these yeah. guys like traipsing through the Star Wars universe on accident. It's like <laughs> Zelig. If you, they're if Zelig creating all space. these awesome things. See, it, it, all he needs four episodes of it. I'm telling you. It Does work. A limited series. Well, well, let's get to the more controversial, and it shouldn't be. It ain't. It, it is for it some people, because uh, I know, but you, you, you're not facing reality. Uh, I love the Ryan Johnson movies. I love Ryan Johnson as a director. I think I think he sealed the deal for these movies with Knives Out. Yes. Have anybody seen Knives Out? Uh, Knives Out is a fantastic movie uh, with Daniel Craig playing an amazing Kentucky Fried detective. <laughs> CSI KFC. Um, yeah, he is amazing. And that movie just shows what a great director and writer he is. Yep. Uh, regardless of what you think of The Last Jedi, I like it very much. Um, and he has arguably the best Breaking Bad episode in Bug. He, I yeah. mean, if you haven't seen uh, that first movie he made right out of USC uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where uh, Brick, Brick. I mean, that's an awesome movie. And the fact that like, he did that right out of film school, I'm just humbled by. And it. even the Brothers Bloom, which Brothers Bloom, no yeah. one saw. I mean, I saw mm-hmm. it at a film Had festival. Adrian and Brody and, yes. and Looper's great. Rico Kikuchi. Uh-huh. So, so he is supposed to be doing a trilogy of unknown. We don't know what that trilogy is. It's not a Skywalker trilogy. It's supposed to be a trilogy on its own somewhere in the universe doing something. And he something. pitched it while he was in production for Last Jedi, yeah. and they said, yes, we want to do that at some point. Yes, and just so you guys know, uh, whether you liked it, Last Jedi or not, J.J. Uh, Abrams knew what was going on the entire process. Right. Uh, it's not like he was, oh, here you go, now figure out how to do stuff. He, had, he, know, he saw scripts, he was pre-production, he was a part of the process all along, so it wasn't a big surprise to him whatever happened in Last Jedi, uh, which I thought was an amazing uh, subversion of expectations, because, you know, Star Wars doesn't have to be exactly what we expect every time. I loved how you made that turn. Uh, It was very model. (laughs) Well, it it should be a subversion. I I think Star Wars is best when it's subversive. I think any storytelling in sci-fi is is commentary when it's subversive. And I think Mandalorian's trying to do that a little bit. They're trying to give you what you want, but not the way you expect. It's like having steak. I know you love steak. I'm going to cook it just a little bit different. You're still going to love it, but it's going to have garlic butter. It's going to have this. It's going to have some cilantro or something. It's going to be Brazilian style. I'm good with that. Oh, All right. God, is there a good Brazilian steakhouse around here? I don't know. Now I'm hungry. Oh, I'm just doing um, that spice thing. Oh, well, let's right. move on to the rumors. Okay. So, so we, these are definitely going to either, they're either in pre-production or they're in production, or as in Clone Wars, they're done. But these are what we've heard about. And so there's no proof either way. Uh, they may be in production, uh, pre-production, but there's, no, there's nowhere near There's no announcement. Made. There's yeah. no people in front of cameras for the rest of it. So I know the first one, a lot of people really want this. Um, that's nice of the Old Republic. Oh, sorry. You, you had it. Oh, you triggered this too quickly. It did? Yeah. It's, uh, Who's triggered now? I'm tr- yeah. Oh, come on, Snowflake. Let's go. <laughs> oh, no. It's becoming like that. <laughs> uh, that's confirmed. Oh, I went. Wait, this. Wait. Now I hate. No, why? This what do you just so- say it? 
This control we is use awful. our imagination. Yeah, so Knights of the Old Republic, which a lot of people thought that's what the Game of Thrones guys were going to do, mm -hmm. but that was just assumption. Because, right. you know, people are not very smart, and they say, oh, well, they did old Knights of stuff in, in Game <laughs> of Thrones. They must be doing old Knights of stuff before. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but this is something, that, this is a game I love. I wish they would make a new one of some sort. I know yeah. they came out with a, a sequel, but I'd like to see an update version. And Kathleen Kennedy has confirmed that they're in development for it. That, that's, this is out of, out of the ones we've got in this category, this is the one we know that they are actively developing it. Um, have you heard anything past that? No, I, I just, you know, I, I remember reading all the comics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, Dark Horse is what brought me back into Star Wars. Sure. That and Timothy's on. So uh, when they started publishing the, the Knights of the Old Republic in the Jedi Knight books, that, that stuff really got me back into it. And obviously the video game. So I'm sold on a Knights of the Old Republic because we don't know how any of the stories are going to end. If you know how the stories are, are going to end, you're just following a ball being pulled on a string. And I think that that's not fun for a filmmaker and or definitely not for an, for an audience. You can have Chewie and Han in as much danger as you can throw them in, in Solo, but you knew they were going to come out okay and unscathed. Um, it was not interesting for me to watch the film knowing that I was just watching a ball pulled on a string. Now, had you had a twist at the end where the Han had to sacrifice the woman that he loved and learned to shoot first in doing that in order to save Chewie. Mm -hmm. First off, the uproar over Han shooting a woman would have been way worse than Greedo. But <laughs> if he would have had to make a huge sacrifice that would have turned him into the Han we see in Mos Eisley Cantina in a smuggler, and now he, there's no redemption, we would have realized that the trilogy could have been a redemptive series for having to really make a choice between the woman he loved and this new companion that he's made that risked his life to save his, and that's a tough place to put him in the end of the movie. Uh, instead, they just turned her into a, kind of a bad guy or somebody at least in a really weird gray area, and I thought that that movie was like, oh, they shot Woody Harrelson? Well, we didn't like him. <laughs> well, speak, speaking of Solo, that leads into speculation on Solo 2 for Disney Plus because, uh, and I can never get this guy's name correctly. Uh, Aiden Erlenbach? That, that word. Uh, you know, the, he's, did, I thought he did a, a, a serviceable job. He as, was awesome. He was great. Uh, I mean, I, I still love Harrison. and he Of course. Had, and he kind of had some of the Harrison, but mostly it was his own take on it. But he's still contractually obligated for two more movies. Do him. I uh, mean, as a series. Yeah, d yes, as for Disney+. Plus, uh, Donald Glover is still, that's where we get to the next one, Donald Glover is still con contractually obligated to do um, Star Wars movies. Um, not as many. I think he's only got one or two. Uh, one. Every single thing that Donald Glover does is ridiculously talented. He was and amazing. It, even when, he, it's, when it's not his own material. So just listening to him dictate his memoirs on the, on, the, on the Falcon as he's waiting for everybody else to get caught, that just winds up being the, the thing I want to see in, in a flick. <laughs> not, not him telling the stories, right. but actually living them. Yeah. Because, and how close they were to what he's telling people. Because that would and be great. Him when, narrating when one thing. Legend, and print the legend, yeah. well, let's see the truth and then let's see it become the legend as a part of it. Yes. Or have him be a false narrator. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, see it, it, see like, him narrate one thing and what actually happened. So he's telling you yeah. the story. Oh, he's telling you the story, but it's so much bigger than it really was. <laughs> and he's really just a scoundrel and a cheat, as and we can we know he is. can we please get Phoebe Waller-Bridge in <laughs> again as, 
I, I love that woman. Robot? With a, yeah. Yes, the robot. I mean, yes, burns like the sun. I love that woman so much. That's I do I, too. I was like, yeah, make me go with a robot. <laughs> That's why sure. I love. Uh, we make it work. She's awesome. <laughs> I, I love Tiki Watiti's uh, suicidal IG. Sure. It's, I love. I mean, the robots that they've come up with. Uh, they've really taken the time to actually think of something that's not something you expect. Mm -hmm. K2SO is amazing. Uh, I can't remember the robot's designation in me. Solo. She's great. Yes. Uh, even the, the brief cameo, which I can't wait to, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully we see more of that particular robot because he did not kill himself, mm -hmm. though he constantly wants to. Well, he, he, he's he got, like me. That's how I would react. Dumb. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I don't know. You, it's, you know, you don't know where they actually keep the... Uh, the memory well, Taika yeah. is uh, is directing the final episode of season one, yeah. so we'll see if that's a way for him to. Bring that's it good back news, anyway. period. Oh he, yeah, I would watch that guy direct like the inside of a puppet show on a cardboard box. Like he is so awesome. Please tell me you're on board with the TV series. I'm on board with all of it. What we do in the shadows. This is this has nothing to do with Star Wars, but as Taika Waititi, so there's a small tangent on it. It is the best vampire TV series you will ever see. It is funny as hell, and you will never look at shrubbery the same way again. <laughs> and, and if the you only have two, laughing are the ones yeah. who've seen it. And I think the movies on Hulu. Watch the film, and he's got a movie called Eagle versus uh, Eagle and Shark, which is awesome. Like the guy is just Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, Hunt for the Wilder People. Like he's never made something bad. And I watch his TED talk, and I'm like, how? How is he doing this? And he gives zero Fs and about that, anybody else's vision except it, his own. That may be his secret. Yeah, I think so. As we move on, you know, we're still on the solo because we have a lot of things going on. Darth Maul, a spoiler, um, it's two years, I'm not going to get upset. Uh, he shows up at the now. end, so there's some scuttle about uh, a Crimson Dawn. You've been talking about Crimson yeah. Dawn, uh, a Darth Maul. If PM no, Dawn does the soundtrack to Crimson Dawn, I would watch that. Let's just have those guys back. I, want Tony, I prefer Tony Orlando and Don myself. <laughs> Orlando and Don. I think uh, the, the, the danger with a lot of these is like the contraction, but I think if you over dip the Oreo, you just end up with that soggy milk that has like Oreo pieces in it, and you're gonna like, oh man, I gotta drink that. And it's got Oreo chunks in it, and it's good, but it's not as good as like a fresh bag of a cookies. nice Oreo with some milk on it. So I think that the Darth Maul series might be overdipping the Oreo. The truth is, they never should have cut them in half in episode one. Like that character should have been through but, all three but they movies. They fixed it. They fixed it. They Filoni and in, in, in Lucas fixed it in the Clone Wars, but when you look at how many people look at to the movies as the spine of this series man having him as the set as like the, the big vader in those first yeah. three movies his design is awesome mm -hmm. the performance from ray park is awesome yeah and it feels like now they're trying to put tape on the decisions and literally i think, I think you gotta stick with them you know what i mean i agree the coolest thing that i thought ryan johnson did for me was cutting uh, Snoke in half. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yes, break it. Break as many things as you can. One of my favorite t-shirts is from the Steel Wars podcast, Your yeah. Snoke Theory Sucks. You're so, yeah. I mean, everybody was talking about the Snoke and it was just a parallel to the Emperor and we didn't want to see another Emperor. Mm -mm. We still don't want to see another Emperor. JJ. We, uh. So when they cut Snoke in half, I was like, Yes, take that off the board and let's let's go through some uncharted territory. I here. couldn't agree more. So this does not feel like uncharted territory. This feels like Band-Aid on a decision. But if they can do it where it is just the Crimson Dawn and occasionally 
just like a cameo every once a year. So then we get into Star Wars 1313 territory. Again, yes. Which, um, it was a game that was under development for mm -hmm. several years, and it was one of the casualties of the Disney buy-in. And it was all the, the Coruscant. Under, the underworld it, of Coruscant, all the, the levels yeah. underneath and the seedy underbelly that it's not just a diner with a guy with six arms. And I was so excited for that more than more mm -hmm. than I was for the prospect of a, of a seventh episode. Well, my, uh, I have a good friend named Craig Derrick who was the project lead on 1313, and I met him when he was the project lead on the Monkey Island Special Editions that yeah, came out, yeah. and I met, and there was a, this is how much Geekscape is nerdy. Uh, at Comic-Con, when they were releasing the Monkey Island Special Editions, there was a meetup, and I went by myself to the meetup with all these Monkey Island fans, all 14 of them, and we <laughs> sat around, and Craig Derrick came over and introduced himself to me, and he said, hey, I'm the project lead on the special editions of Monkey Island. I work at LucasArts, and I'm a huge LucasArts fan from childhood. And I started talking Monkey Island with him to the point where he was afraid. <laughs> like, he was afraid. He's like this he's guy. He's writing the restraining like, order in I his work, head. I love Monkey Island. This guy scares me. So Craig became the project lead at LucasArts, I believe. Sorry, Craig, if I'm being wrong on this. He's not uh, Of 1313. And... It slowly, I mean, they wanted to put on Coruscant or Narshada, and then Lucas started wanting to bend it into a Boba Fett game, and eventually it just started losing its, it just became mud, and it was a tragedy, and, uh, and I would love to see something in the underworld, whether or not we need Darth Maul. I think that we, I think, I'm waiting for a Jar Jar Redemption story in any of these offerings. Like, like you know what, I'll be the guy who's like, you know what? Jar Jar got a bad bag. Like he, he Look, got a I love bad, Ahmed best. Bag. He's I amazing. I love Ahmed best. But and he's hosting got, a show on Disney Plus. Yeah, he's hosting I, I a kids Jedi game show. It's great. Can't wait for he's that. He's the He's the and I'll and I'll tell you what. Like I saw him at Starbucks three four week, months ago. And did he, he mess up your order? And he was no, he wasn't working there. No, he was awesome. But he was meeting with Frank Oz. Oh, God. and I was afraid to go over and say hi because he was meeting with Frank Oz. Frank Oz is supposedly like being a part of. Ahmed's one-man show where he talks about his dealings with depression and suicide, posts all oh, the wow. fans leading him to that stuff because they hated Jar Jar. I want a Jar Jar redemption story so bad, and he will tell you a story. Ahmed will tell you a story where Lucas filmed a scene that he cut where at the end of episode three, they're walking to a transport, and you see the emperor talking to an apprentice who's cloaked, and we just had the no scene and all that. And he turns to the apprentice and he realizes it's Jar Jar and he had planned everything. <laughs> Which explains when he... And, and Lucas supposedly cut it because the fans would have thought it was course correction. And it was something Lucas had always planned. That and the, the scene got filmed. He could not be serious. The, I don't believe that. The scene got filmed, Devin. I don't believe it. The scene got filmed. And not only did the scene get Show filmed. Show me the receipts. Pictures are If you go happen. back oh, to episodes one through three, you, not only did he cast the deciding vote, not only no! did he decide. Dude, Jar Jar cast the deciding vote. For Palpatine, but if you go back to episode one and two, you see Jar Jar doing things in the background of scenes where he's like doing weird stuff, and you're like, what's he doing in the background? And they're not just goofy balancing acts. 
dude is casting Jedi spells or Sith spells. Like, you see right. weird stuff going on with Jar Jar. So, Roll it back. This is totally my grassy knoll thing right. here. So, like, <laughs> you're so from I Dallas. You know, you know what I'm saying. I just want you to know yes. it officially took 50 minutes for the drugs to kick in. Dude, you know, this is my grassy knoll. Jar Jar was a Sith. I had 50 in the lottery. I think uh, I won something. Let me something. tell you something. If, yeah, if you have 50, come forward and claim your prize. Uh, Amen. All right. We well, want the real redemption. Yeah. The real redemption. They threw you a kid show. Right. No, I don't want a kid show. I want you to take over the galaxy. I'm going to try to salvage Jonathan's reputation by moving on. I have yeah. no reputation. <laughs> I run Geekscape. What reputation do I have? They, they're thinking about uh, Ahsoka Tani, uh, Tano film. And sure. I, I, but I don't know if it's live action or not. I'm hoping it's still animated because I think she's an amazing animated character. <laughs> and, but and I've Ashley heard, does a great job on it. But well. I've heard yeah. it might be a live action film. Okay. So, Fine. Again, Disney, Disney Plus is the perfect place for mm -hmm. that if you, if you want to roll with it after you get done with Clone Wars. Well, we, we know that she's got a future because we see her um, in the flash forward at Rebels. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of Jedis, even though the Emperor says that they destroyed the Jedi and Tarkin says they destroyed the Jedi, we know that the ones that we like slip through the cracks. Uh, Look, middle management will say anything to keep from getting force choked, okay? Yes, we, we, we killed all the Jedi. Yep, yep, got, got you, good. And yeah, yeah, killed all the Jedi. That's good. I want to, where's my 3% There bonus? shouldn't have been that many Jedi in the prequels to begin with. You created a problem where the Jedi have a battle on Kashyyyk. But Did then, you see the size of that like, temple? 19 years later, you've got a problem where Han can't be convinced the, like, Force exists and he's been all over the galaxy. I'm like, why don't you tell the dude sitting in the co-pilot seat who had Yoda as a backpack in the Battle of Kashyyyk <laughs> that you can't be convinced the Force exists? It created a huge problem in the prequels that they had that many Jedi. So you're saying Han Solo was a flat earther? Is that what you're trying totally, to say? I mean, I'm just saying that they should have, when they approached the prequels and where they were going to put Jedi, they should have been a lot more like the G-Men. Okay. In the government sure. as like helping guide things than be on every street corner directing so, traffic. So it's it like was a, insane. It, yeah, like but a, you're not going to miss that traffic signal with a lightsaber. <laughs> right. it's it's, instead of men in black, it's men in robes kind of situation. I mean, I just so think it like, Yeah, because. There, I mean, Luke is what, 18, 19 years old in episode uh, four when Han says he can't be convinced he's been all over the galaxy and the Force exists? Somehow they had to have disappeared not just from the, physically but from memory. And it, they were everywhere in the prequels. That was the a problem. The universe was lousy with Jedi. You couldn't walk <laughs> 10 feet without tripping over three of them. You but couldn't suddenly, throw a womp rat and not but, hit one. But suddenly 15 years later, people aren't convinced that they ever existed. I'm like, Try hmm. telling people that members only jackets existed. I can. I wear mine. Betamax tapes. When I wear Laser mine, discs. Like, Is that a, that's an authentic one. I still right, have mine yeah. from 82. Yeah. Let's move on. we still got a couple things left to go. Obviously, with Baby Yoda, Yoda is the number one thing, so I don't know if they're making a Baby Yoda movie, so don't hold on, but baby they're definitely Yoda. making... They're thinking about making baby a Yoda, Yoda movie, <laughs> and they could easily go... Pod, baby I'd be down with a Perry Grip. Have you heard the Perry Grip yub dub dub, yes. dub song? Yes. <laughs> well, they got 800 years to work with. Well, actually, uh, 750 years yeah. to work with. Does anybody want to see Teenage Yoda? I think not. No. What about Middle-Aged Yoda? <sighs> Do you just want to see old, decrepit Yoda? Decrepit? You saw him jumping around and fighting Dooku. Another well, silly thing from the prequels. Why yes. did you do that? <laughs> no, I, I like that because that's a reflection of as, as you get older, I'm you know kidding. when to manage, I, your, I, I, manage honestly, your energy. Manage your pandering. You, you manage your energy. Like, uh, you know, when you're 22 and you're at work, oh, I'm running around doing all kinds of stuff. And you're 62 and you're working at the office for 40 years. You're like, I don't need to. Oh, we have a deadline. I'll use my energy when it's appropriate. So he... Walks Send Kiati Mundi. He'll, he'll go yeah, take care of it. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I'll kick your butt. And now I'm done. 
Mm. I, it's called management. It's power <laughs> management. It's resource management. Yeah, I would like to see that Yoda series where he's the uh, like an office manager. It's like the office, and Yoda is the, speaking. The yeah, and, he, and, and you cut to him, and he's kind of speaking out of order English. Devin's into writing the a camera. script in his head right now. Dude, if you do the office, no, the Dagobah, We'll call it the temple or, or office. Yeah, uh, office Coruscant. The office, office Coruscant. Coruscant. It's in like base window, being like, he didn't replace the coffee filter and stuff like that. Like I would be into that. I switched out Yoda's coffee. He's going to be jumping around in about 15 minutes. I would do that. The Office Jedi Council. Yeah. That's that, the only Yoda I want. Yeah. Hey, Yaddle. Yaddle. Let's get together on this. We're going to script. Did you eat my sandwich? Yaddle, did you eat my sandwich? <laughs> Who's that, the dude it with said the, Windu Evan, on it. Evan Peel who, is his who's name. Who's the dude with the big head? I read his comic. Oh, uh, Keati Mundi. Keati Mundi. I read his whole comic. I'm, I, I wanted a little more Keanu. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with it. Keati. This is the one, this next one is actually the one I'm I'm most interested in out of the out of the wacky rumors. And this okay. is just a generic, and I'm gonna say this is why I call it a young adult romance film. And they're really pushing hard on this. They're trying to find an entry point. Um, there, there's uh, the Claudia Gray books are fantastic. There's a lot of good stuff in the um, the road to um, the road to the Force Awakens. I'm trying to remember, not stars. Oh, I can't. Is it, is it somebody needs to throw the title at me because I'm I'm missing it. But there, there, there are two or three really good young adult romance novels already in the in, in the canon piece of it, mm -hmm. and either adapting one of them or taking that writer and bringing it forward. I, I think that's a, a phenomenal market, and it's a way to better help you know bridge the gender gap in Star Wars and diversify the universe. Absolutely. Right? All right, so we only have a few minutes left, and this is our last. We don't have time for it. we got because it's almost time for the, we've used up all our time. Hard we to have. believe getting us together we would. <laughs> have any extra time. I'm shocked, stunned, and amazed. Um, so I'm no, giving really. you the keys to Lucasfilm. Uh, uh, Bob Iger said I could give this to you. You're in charge. Kathleen Kennedy has told me that you, the next idea is going to be greenlit. What do, not what we've already talked about, but what would you want to do and see on any of these platforms? What's the next Star Wars thing that you personally want to see, Devin? I want the Italian job. I want a version of the Italian job with, like, in, it, it has to do with either the huts or another crime company like like Crimson Dawn. No force powers. You're using existing tech, and you have to thwart security systems. You've, you've got your code cracker, and maybe it's Benicio del Toro. Maybe that's a way you tie it back in. If you have to do it a character, make it a really minor one that wasn't served well by the by the storylines that you could expand it in. Um, and it's 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 just this this grimy crew of well you have to have a face man so you know whoever this whoever Dirk Benedict is for uh, 2022 um, that's what I want that that's my Star Wars pitch. Jonathan, um, I either give Taika Waititi um, a comedy to do like a really fun um, Thor Ragnarok style comedy, or I give Michelle McLaren a really hardcore. Uh, action movie or Catherine Bigelow, a really hardcore action movie that um, is okay, and sorry Disney stockholders, is okay with perhaps not being a PG or PG-13 and seeing if um, if that kind of material is warranted. I think we learned from Logan that an R-rated movie in the Marvel Universe, I mean technically not the Marvel Universe, but definitely with a Marvel property, we learned from Logan that you can tell some really great stuff and it carried a hard R rating. Um, if you Deadpool do that, Deadpool too. And Deadpool absolutely taught us that. So I think if you give somebody like an action director like Catherine Bigelow or Michelle McLaren that kind of material, you could just be like, whoa, this is, now this is a galactic battle. Like, this is war. And, um, and she directed the best action sequences in Breaking Bad, Michelle did, and obviously Catherine Bigelow. But Taika Waititi making some fun in the Star Wars universe would be great, too. 
I want to see an unrelated, so there's no, there are no real connections at the actual universe, because I've already told you I don't want to ever see another Skywalker or another Solo or Kylo sure. Ren or whatever, but I want to see an Indiana Jones type action adventure, fun, mm -hmm. back to the old school. They tried, they, I think they wanted to do that with Solo, but they were constrained way too much. Mm -hmm. But that's what I want to see. I want to see the fun back in the action and, and without any ties that bog it down. It's a, a, a tight, slick story that has to do maybe with an archaeologist who goes to planet to planet, but something in that genre where it's a fun action movie that doesn't have the restraints of canon to hold it back. And who directs it? Like a James Gunn? Oh, anybody. Or Steven I mean, Soderbergh? I, I would get James Gunn to do that easily. Mm -hmm. I would Starring get, Dash Rengar? See, see that you, now you're still trying to you're trying to pull I know. in, and, and I don't. I want, Shadows of the Empire's Dash Rengar. But we are officially out of time. So again, for Devin Pike, Jonathan London, I'm Craig Price. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you being here and listening to us jabber on. I'm Thanks, already guys. daydreaming about Jar Jar's adventures, where all he right. gets all these so different right Jedi artifacts. All right. And oh, I like I will this. Beat you until I like candy this. Comes out. Security, we need to get someone to take him off the stage, please. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.